Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You had mentioned earlier about how things manifest twofold, right? Once it happens here in the mind and then it happens externally. Uh, when I was about 20, 21, I wrote a quantum theory that I sent to Max Tegmark, he wrote a book, actually, Our Mathematical Universe, and then James Fallon, he's a neuroscientist. And basically, I, I made an equation for manifestation. And it's hinged on Einstein's theory of relativity, proof of relativity. He has E equals MC squared, which we use all of the time. Um, and we're all familiar with that equation, but most people don't understand its implications, so for those watching who don't, I'll break it down a little bit. Uh, e equals MC squared, Einstein, that's what made him famous, you know, well, legendary, he was already famous, but it's essentially saying that energy, E, equals mass, or all matter, moving at the speed of light squared, C is the speed of light, so E equals MC squared, and what that means is energy um, equals mass moving at the speed of light times the speed of light. So what I did was, since that's already kind of been validated, we, we use that theory in models for our universe, for modeling the environment. That's what governs the atomic clocks, space-time, and all of these, these things. Um, but I said, if that's true, I wrote what's called a mathematic proof for it. The opposite of multiplication is division. They teach us this in high school. when We have to make proofs, right? So I said, if E equals MC squared, then E divided by C squared equals M. I took this, the multiplication of C squared away from over here and I put it on the other side. And in layman's terms, it's saying that if energy is fast matter, then all matter is slow energy, which, we, which physicists have kind of already brushed on. Like there was a guy named Max Planck who said all matter is energy moved to a slow vibration. Um, that's important because Einstein spent most of his life looking for the grand unified field theory. If we know that everything is atoms, 99% space, it's always moving, then how come when I see it, it's a solid object? How come when I touch it, you know, I can feel it, it's fixed. I don't see things vibrating. It doesn't feel like it's 99% space to me. So uh, he, he theorized that there's an interface happening. There's a process going that kind of translate all of this energy into this solid experience. Just to, I feel like he had his equation backwards. He knew that matter equaled energy. He didn't know how it happened. So what my theory does is by taking that equation, reversing it and saying that, well, if you slow down energy, you get matter. I, I started thinking about perception more and how our senses work. So we have eyes, but our eyes have photoreceptors in them. Light, they're literally, you know, small pieces of photons. That's why when we look people in the eyes, you'll see, you see much of their eye, but you see a glimmer that you kind of can't see through because it's something of the same frequency encountering itself. It's light seeing light. Um, and you can't have two things of the, you know, occupying the same space at the same time. They're on the same frequency. It's kind of like how a, a frequency of the same you know, 
next to a glass, if you play that frequency, it'll break. It's a similar thing. They, they conflict. So, but what's happening is when we see things, when we perceive our environment, our eyes are slowing down energy, and I'm allowed to see it as matter. So that process of, of uh, energy being slowed down by C squared, my theory says that it's happening in the mind. Our brain is a particle decelerator. So scientists use particle accelerators all of the time, speed up particles to um, emulate the beginning of the universe, smash atoms together. So I said, no, our brains are particle decelerators. We take all of this energy that's happening in rapid succession and we slow it down so that it makes sense that we have an interface. This reality is an interface um, with each other because if I were to perceive everything as it was, those waves, those molecular particles, we'd pretty much phase through each other. Right, kind of like you know, waves in the ocean. So uh, you know, we wouldn't be able to distinguish um, ourselves from each other. We wouldn't have a sense of identity. Um, and it's further validated by, say, you're running extremely fast. You know, you're running like 100 miles an hour, whatever. If I'm standing still, if I'm running five miles an hour, I can't be next to you. I can't have a conversation with you, right? And that's essentially what's happening with our eyes. There's a reason I can't hear light because the speed that ears interpret at is for sound. Let's have Mach 1 through you know, our range of sound. It's not fast enough to perceive light, but the light in my eyes can. So it's essentially that, hey, if you're vibrating on my frequency, we can communicate. And our brains, through our senses, slow down energy, whether it's sound waves, we have the eardrum, and through the, again, the photoreceptors in the eyes to slow down the photons around us. Our sense of touch through the electromagnetic field that we're always oscillating as well. <clears throat> and um, knowing that, I was able to say, you know, re-engineer my entire approach to reality when it, when it came to manifesting and how do I get the results out of this, uh, this quantum environment. Um, knowing that formula, like you said earlier, if you know these mathematic principles, you can reverse engineering and get certain outcomes. So from there, I said, okay, well, if energy can be converted through mass, if it's slowed down by the speed of light squared, perception is the mechanism to do that. I really just have to perceive my ideas. How do I, do, how do I get them from you know, here to, to perception? Well, see it. Actually see it. Actually hear it. Talk to yourself. And then curate your behaviors around that lifestyle you want. That whole fake it till you make it kind of thing is, is a process to manifestation. Not saying, oh, go around lying or fronting. No, embody that, um, you know, be that component of the reality that you want to have. Be the missing piece because the universe has to reciprocate. You know, frequency can't be faked. Um, it's a basic call and response. And through the development of that theory, understanding the, the mind, the brain as a particle deceleration ma machine that's moving at C squared, slowing down all the particles by C squared, um, I was able to bring in a lot of my own goals into fruition. But again, it took a lot of uh, programming of myself. I always say the first AI I programmed was my, my own ego. Um, to, to believe, mm -hmm. right, without seeing it, to, uh, and then again, start perceiving it. Uh, like, carry the habits within myself, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that gets me to observation because mm -hmm. the variable of reality is consciousness, mm -hmm. right? And each person has um, varying levels of conscious perception and observation. Mm -hmm. That the observer is not separate from 
what they're perceiving. Mm -hmm. We are attached to our perceptions and what we perceive. Mm -hmm. Everything that we see is also, you know, a part of the way we see the world is a part of, you know, the way we think mm -hmm. who we are, right? It's like we can, if, if I view the world from like this soldier traditional lens of like, let's say masculinity, I may see one person and say that that's a man's man. I may see another person <laughs> and say that this is like a Sigma or beta man, right? Yeah, yeah. But are they really? I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe I could be perceiving a color they wear or a mannerism, right? And applying my perception onto their reality mm -hmm. and it becomes my reality and that's kind of the thing of like is it is it the truth yeah. or is it your truth right? right and the question becomes is is there a differentiation right mm -hmm. and so it's in the in the phase right of something becoming the truth versus it being your truth is the mm -hmm. idea of fake it to not that you make it per se until the world perceives it to be true as well, mm. right? And you can live it yeah, because yeah. there's things that I've said, you know, that was, you know, me becoming and now I'm there, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was me every day putting in work to match the frequency of this thought that's already in my head, but it requires me to shift my reality by my actions on a daily basis by mm -hmm. constantly spending energy into it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, goes to this point, so let's say you walk around, and this is just a key for everybody, just on some networking and <laughs> adding to uh, uh, manifesting power. So let's say, tell me, what is like something that you're working on like right now, especially in view that if you, if more people knew about it, if you had more help, it could help you get there faster. If you put it in the mind of more people, mm -hmm. give me anything. Uh, training our own AI models, right? Yeah. We need a lot of people to to gather that data, ask the right questions. Yeah. That's one of the edges that places like Apple, et cetera, have had. Mm -hmm. But by using these audiences, uh, people like yourself have, we can aggregate a community to train models on uh, things we want to hear about and, mm -hmm. and teach about. So. so the moment that you told me that, you put that into my consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer just in yours now. Your mm -hmm. ideas are now in my head, right? So now I'm sharing that. Now, based on my information, probably I can visualize that. Based mm -hmm. on, you know, my resources, maybe I can help you with it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if I look, listen to it in a utility, maybe that I can apply it to my own life. And then when I start, if I help one to invest in it or fund it or collaborate with it, now we're... It's a, it's a quantum entanglement of thought, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That that idea is no longer just in your head. It, when you share it, you're putting your ideas right. in other people's head, <laughs> right? Right. And the idea of most people imagine that is like, yo, yeah, I'm throwing it inside their head, in their brain. But consciousness is not confined and not constrained by just the brain. Any, yeah, yeah. Consciousness is an invisible <clears throat> stream like Wi-Fi. You right. can't see Wi-Fi, but you can be constantly connected to it. And consciousness is that same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, but to the point though, if you walk around, everybody you meet, and they say, hey, how you doing, man? What you got going on? And the first thought you tell them, right? Hey, I'm actually working on this AI, you mm -hmm. know, model that I'm, I'm, I wanted to be able to create for different people, whatever use case, right? Mm -hmm. So now, every time you meet somebody, you're projecting your ideas, you're putting them in their head mm -hmm. versus, man, ain't nothing going on. 
Right. <laughs> right. No, yeah. because you never know when that you meet that person that can actually help you with it. Yeah. Right? So instead, you may meet random people all the time. I don't care whether it's men, whether it's women, or whether like I'm building high level media. We we want to build high level studios, mm -hmm. you know, put textbooks out about AI that we want right. to work on, put the textbooks out about, you know, um, the stocks and financial literacy and then in the inside it has these video component that's a curriculum as well. So it's like if, let's say if I'm meeting everybody as soon as they ask me what I got going on, I'm literally telling them the most pressing things that's on my mind that I'm right. working on. Right. So now what I'm doing is I'm adding them into my idea, right? Mm -hmm. I'm adding them into the consciousness of these ideas. I'm and now their mind will help me form it as well. Right. Based on their resources, their ideas, their referrals, whatever it may be. And to me, that's a greater way of collaboration um, and connectivity with your ideas versus just giving somebody your name and giving them like the same, you know, answer repetitive because you're taught to say, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm all yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like, no, go to a place and actually tell people what you're working on. Whatever is the most pressing thing on your mind, right? And then see how much faster that helps it spin into reality mm. and match the frequency of what's necessary for that to be manifested. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, you know, if you will, an occult networking Secret to <laughs> yeah. manifestation. Right. Say what's on, not just what's on your mind, say the thing that you want to manifest that's on your mind. Mm -hmm. Right? You could meet a, I'm telling you, like, you just never know. You could meet a stranger coming out grabbing some coffee and they say, you know, you know, uh, and y'all just have a casual conversation and you tell them what you're working on. Mm -hmm. Right? Maybe it, it comes out of nothing. Maybe they're like, oh, you know what? I got a friend out of that. Yeah, yeah. Right? How else could they help if, unless that you enlighten them? Right. So it's like this is a way of like creating this collaborative consciousness, right, to where you're adding people onto your project. Mm -hmm. And speaking it out loud is giving shape and it's giving vibration and just giving form to it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Thoughts that are never said just get stuck in your head. Right. You know, you're... You, Dreams are not supposed to just be between you and your bed. You feel me? They're supposed to be outside. Right. That, that's interesting because I'm, I, was re, I was thinking the other day about how stress, there's, there's healthy stress, right? And there's unhealthy stress. Stress in the, the body and your cells, when something's going wrong, they, they kind of have, they stress out themselves, but then they have to stress out everybody around them to address the problem, right? You have to shine light on what's going on so that everybody can pull resources to, to address it. Uh, it's pretty much made me think of that. A lot of times, part of it is programming. Part of it is, I guess, we don't think people care what we got going on, so it's like, I'm not even about to tell them, hey, get it, or uh, the fear, the competition, egos. There's a number of reasons that we've seemingly been socially engineered to kind of keep quiet, right. do things independently. And it may just be out of that fear of cooperation, you know. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I think networking is such a necessary thing and the art of it. I'm one of those people, I feel like I could be socially awkward sometimes because I like to start in the middle of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. start like I Let's know get you. there, yeah, yeah. Like, I hate texting because I'd rather just call you. What's up? What you got going on? Like, I don't care who I, who I just met. I hate formalities. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I gotta act a certain way into like that's why sometimes I I be meeting so many people but I can't connect with them because I don't feel like going through the formalities <laughs> of like you know the hey hi 
what's your favorite color type of spill. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, this is what I got going on. What you got going on? Like, I'd rather, if I just meet you, I'd call you, man, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? What's the flow? What's in the day? Like, right. let's build. And then at the same time, I might call you on some, like, listen, I got this idea. You know, I, I need you to help me on, on some creative direction. You can say yes or no. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with that. All but right. it's like, usefulness determines your value. So, like, why are we knowing each other if we can't be, be a resource mm -hmm. to each other and be useful to each other yeah. in some capacity, right? right? Like, there, there's, you know, I've been blessed that I've been around really good people who've been walking me indoors lately. And when they walk me indoors, they've been introducing me. And, you know, they like, yo, this is so-and-so, this is what he got going on. All so right, I get to start yeah. in the middle. So I ain't got to warm up the whole, hey, I'm 19 Keys. Yeah, I'm a thought. It's better when you can have other people introduce you, mm -hmm. right? That's always key. Let somebody else introduce you if you can, Yeah. right? It, 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 it's, it's number one because you're getting it from a different perspective. Different perspectives, you know, it's like when you speak on yourself in the third, they say it creates and raises more empathy because it's from mm -hmm. a different perspective than your own. So you're not thinking from a first person. You're thinking mm -hmm. from a third person, right? So 19 Keys does this. It automatically makes me think outside of... The, yeah, the, 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 the operator, yeah. right? And as an observer of self, mm -hmm. right? The same way someone else would observe me versus me speaking. And it's funny because the natural tendency to say that this person is like ego maniacal by speaking in the third, not realizing that it actually does raise more empathy to speak in the third mm -hmm. because you're thinking outside of self and seeing self from a different lens of observation than the person going through it as the operator, but the mm -hmm. observer. Mm. Right? And, you know, a lot of people never do that. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People don't do that. And, and you'll yeah. find a lot of geniuses and a lot of very important people. A lot of Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sometimes they speak in the third. I, I know. I like to. Yeah. It, it helps me contextualize, see everything in context. Right. You know, because we, we have our own lens, you know, out, well, inside looking out, versus that narrator perspective. Mm -hmm. You kind of feel like you know the ending of the story. Already. Right. But... It's wild because the I think if I'm not mistaken the the Bible or around the time the Bible was made is when we, fir we get our first first person writing mm. I being used in in text before that all eyes were divinity mm. whether it was like Paul speaking or you know no matter the religion it was coming from a god or a divine source uh, and when people refer to, to themselves in the third person think of like Hulk. It was looked at as this primitive caveman-like thing, but the way I look at it is like our—I don't—I won't even use—I don't like the term—but primitive experiences were, you know, the beginning of us in this game, the soul, the spirit, consciousness in this game. So we were more true to where we came from and realizing that okay, this isn't really me. You can cut this off for real, and I'm good. I can I'll move right. around, you know. So. Yeah, because, um, I mean, let's say that if your arms and your legs are cut off and they're replaced with, you know, robotic right. arms and legs, it's still that you. That would be just as much mine. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, this is my arm. 
You're mm-hmm. saying that because it's attached to it, but if I attach something else mm-hmm. and it moves the same way, is that not still right. yours? Right. Right? That's like, right. it's this idea that we are not our body, number one. Mm-hmm. We are our consciousness, but we see ourselves through our body, right? Yeah, it's vehicle. a lens of, it's a lens of, you know, observation, of self-observation that mm-hmm. we see and we filter our existence through. Mm. But I'm not my body. That's why good-looking people, they think too highly of themselves, mm. right? Because they know that other people are observing them based mm. on facial structure, right? And that they are automatically having a, a higher degree of confidence or appreciation in this person, right? Mm. It's funny because, and I know this is an interesting thing to say, but, and I'm not saying this from a beauty standpoint, because beauty... You know, of course, it really is in the eye to behold it from mm. a standpoint of internal beauty and inner beauty is what matters the most. But when it comes to societal standards mm. of what beauty is constructed to be seen as, different facial features. Symmetry, proportion. Yeah, symmetry. That's a very real thing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And only actually a small percentage of the population falls into that category. Mm. Right, which is very interesting because when you go around <laughs> in most places, you don't realize that, but you see it so much on your phone and media, mm-hmm. you feel like it's a larger percentage of the population. Right, right. But it's right. not. It's actually a very small percentage yeah. of population who fit that that symmetry of what's considered to be the standard right. of beauty, whether that's it's who we follow on Instagram, or not. <laughs> not the right, right, and, and but that's social programming and social engineering. So a person feels like they hit the lotto if they fit that symmetry mm. of what society grades, and then they see themselves through that, and they say, "Well, everybody doesn't have this. Means it's rare. Means it's valuable." Right. How about I focus on this aspect of self because that person wasn't born with that, mm-hmm. right? And then this is where you get a shallow society, right. right? Where people become more artificial. And so, you know, that's such a, a hologram and it's such a shallow existence and it robs people of the depth of experience they mm-hmm. could go through, right? If yeah, they stop too. viewing self mm-hmm. through the lens of physical mm-hmm. symmetry and other people's observation of self, mm-hmm. right, versus actually going into the more philosophical nature of existence and using your mind and like becoming more, mm-hmm. right? It's very rare that when a person sees an extremely beautiful woman mm-hmm. and she's like deep into these philosophical things <laughs> and like she's super intelligent. It's, it's a very rare occurrence yeah, because yeah. society says that, oh, you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, life is the expression of consciousness. Life is the observation, the appreciation, right, of, of the being, you know what I'm saying, and experiencing what is it to be. What is it to have curiosity mm-hmm. and to satisfy that curiosity? What is it to have longing for something and then to bring that into fruition, <laughs> right, versus, oh, I'm pretty. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Now, that highlights so many different things. And it comes in layers because if you think of what my brother used to say this. He's like, you know, bad chicks don't have to be smart. A girl, she goes somewhere, a guy's going to tell her what she needs to know mm-hmm. or just put her in a position or just take care of what she needs taken care of. Right. You know, it's the reason you don't see a woman under a car or under the hood. I've always been into the more intellectual side of things 
but I loved a symmetrical, proportionate woman. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it takes a, a long time for a lot of us to be like... Symmetrical, proportional women. That was the most politically correct, <laughs> slim, thick, uh, you know what I'm saying, descriptive. I yeah. remember, right. You can't say nothing. Now, I love, I'm I love HLC. a uh, symmetrical, proportional woman who, uh, you know, fits the standards of beauty. <laughs> You know what I mean by societal definition? Yeah, yeah. We ain't, we ain't getting canceled, right? So no, but, but but at the same time, that goes back into observation and consciousness. That of course, women view through the male, as they call it, the male gaze or the mm -hmm. male lens, and and what this can create is so many different layers of insecurities and issues, mm -hmm. especially because society is mostly viewed specifically as like I seen a post about Lil Kim. And it was like no little Kim bashing because you're not also talking about how, you know, white patriarchal, you know, mm -hmm. systems have made people, you know, degrade themselves to try to fit these standards to mm -hmm. see themselves as beauty because the Afrocentric or the Afro-Asiatic or, you know, the, the, the darker melanated women weren't seen as the standards of beauty. Right, based on what society had pushed on them, so colorism, right, and you know white patriarchy, and I say white patriarchy because when people say patriarchy, they paint it as if oh man, it's a, yeah, no, yeah like it's a patriarchy is a power system. Yeah, it's also societal engineering, but it's about the power of patriarchy because mm. everybody, you know, all males in a system of patriarchy have a. A, a particular amount of privilege, if you will, because hey, you're a man. So one would say that, right? Mm -hmm. So for the sake of argument, let's say that. But when it comes to making decisions, right? Mm -hmm. My brother Van Lathan had posted about like women just getting the right to own bank accounts mm -hmm. uh, in the 70s. Mm -hmm. You know, but at first they had got it really in the 60s, but banks did not acknowledge it until the 70s. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, well, you know, that was something that, you know, white men completely by themselves, 100% decided <laughs> yeah, on. We had nothing that was not that. something that, you I'm know, we that. had voting power in. Yeah. That was not something that we were in the ciphers of saying that, yeah, let's keep them down like this. No. And you have to understand that when you have people in power and position that create these engineer society, mm -hmm. everybody that falls into it is a victim. Right, right. Right? The male and the female. Mm -hmm. Right? The male to view himself a certain way. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, and the female to view herself a certain way. Mm -hmm. Right? They are both become victims of society. Right? right? And so the males <clears throat> were able to even see themselves from a higher level of consciousness and intellect. There was an intellectual society, mm -hmm. but the man was, you know, you work, provide... You know what I'm saying? You go work a laborist job. Yeah. You're not got everybody is not in this scientific paradigm <laughs> of figuring out life and philosophy. You gotta go work. Right. right. You're just seeing for your physical laborist abilities. Nobody mm -hmm. care about your mind and your opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what? a small percentage. Yeah. And it's important to understand that there was always a small percentage of people who could even make a living off that. Mm -hmm. And then when you fast forward, when the men did want to use their brain and talk about the way that they see society, they start, you know, in, in, in uh, popular, you know, society or uh, media, then that's when you get portrayed as the smart guy, you know, mm -hmm. is corny and is lame. And then that was programmed. 
Yeah. Right? So it was like, nah, well, I can't. And then it become the hotel. So consciousness, you know, was was always framed in a way where men and women, right? The, the, the intelligentsia of society was never seen as the popular or the most valuable. Mm -hmm. Only in white society has that seen. Einstein was a famous scientist, mm -hmm. right? There's, George Washington Carver was, but he wasn't accredited that same level of appreciation as Einstein, yeah, yeah. right? He, the, what he did with his nuts after they chopped off his nuts was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No disrespect to George Washington Carver, brilliant man. But I'm just saying, like, his patriarchy is real, right? Matriarchal systems are real. And I mean in the sense of the possibility, if you have a household that has no father, that's a matriarchal household, mm -hmm. right? And what we don't realize is that, unfortunately, it's the lack of having the patriarch in the household that created the most imbalance in black family and societal structure, mm -hmm. right? Because the matriarch and the patriarch was necessary, mm -hmm. right, for different roles so that the child could have an even and balanced development, mm -hmm. right? So I don't believe, I say this all the time, I don't believe in a patriarch or a matriarch. I believe in a God-triarch. Right. That's the collaboration. That's yeah, the yeah, synergy yeah. between the two to create systems that work for the vast society so that we don't get these broken children who's missing these balances. And it's not mathematical like the flower, mm -hmm. right, that doesn't have the components so that, you know, they can, you know, properly develop. Right with the light that's necessary. So first, I want to make this acknowledgement. I acknowledge what women have go through from a colorist standpoint, right? From a misogynist standpoint, from a lack of rights, a lack of being appreciated. From every aspect, it is acknowledged and observed and understood, right? And even now, being more deeply empathized than ever. And I want to put a pin on that point because women, number one, are, are amazing today, mm -hmm. right? Like you see the Simone Biles of the world, you see the Shakar Richardsons, right? You see, you know, all mm -hmm. of the, the Naomi's, you know, all of these young girls killing it across the board, showing up and saying, hey, we are here, we exist, right? But not only we exist, we are the highest level, mm -hmm. right? And that's beautiful right. because one has to acknowledge that all the opportunities weren't afforded for women to showcase and to live mm -hmm. life at its highest level of saying that, yo, I have ideas I want to express. I have dreams that I want to see brought out into reality, right? And so I put a pin on it from there, right? right, right. Because definitely got to give kudos to where the development of women's consciousness and the expression of that, right? Now that a lot of the chains have been taken off. And then we go into... That, 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 uh, you know, mind real quick, that, that opens a lot of doors on, you know, the masculine and feminine principles of the universe because we're simply those personifications mm. of those principles. And... You know, personally, I, I feel men are celestial. Women are terrestrial. Mm, That's why, like, that. you know, they, they nest different. You ever go into a woman's room, it's a little bit different. They, uh, it's why I can travel here to here with a backpack 
and you know, you ask a woman to get ready or to, to pull up somewhere, the bag might be a little bigger. Um, but things like that, they're more homely. They, they make the house into a home, right? Whereas men were on that hunt for certain things, uh, whether you know, a social hunt to, to make provisions. So when conversations of patriarchal systems versus matriarchal systems, and I agree with you that it should be a collaborative effort, but when it comes up, um, like I, I advocate against a matriarchal society, right? And mm. strictly because it's never been shown to be successful. Not that we haven't had outliers where of, uh, oh, for this brief period in time, this was a thriving community, but let's, when we're honest about what happened to every empire, not long after it was um, drastically changed and rules were made based on kind of the rules you would make for your, your family in-house, but no, you're, you're governing a country with enemies. This is, um, there's a level of realism that women typically don't need to encounter. They should never have to. They shouldn't have to go fight a, a war on the front line. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but because we are responsible for those things, it's, it's up to us to manage how certain things are handled, if that makes sense. So, um, but I, don't, I also don't agree with a strictly patriarchal society. It's just that as decision-making in terms of security, because regardless, it doesn't matter how much a, a society thrives, people will come in and take it, period. If you don't have the defense first, it doesn't matter. You, the United States, we have the luxuries and freedoms here, not just because our ideas are the best, it's because we have the best or the strongest military and the best technology for the longest time. So it's really our ability to enforce our beliefs and ideas. And one of the things I feel women most, most recently haven't understood is that you know how like we'll tell kids, well, you're not an adult yet. So, you know, this is an adult world. This is grown folks talking. They don't even understand what they don't know. They haven't had these experiences. And, and this happens both ways for men and women. It's the same thing for a woman where it's a quote unquote man's world. We know who makes the laws. We know the minds governing, who's designing the clothing, who's making the laws, who's paying these models to do X, Y, Z. So, um, they may not understand the motivations behind some of these, uh, these agendas, the true intentions behind them. So, you know, it's as simple as if I tell my lady to dress a certain way coming out because of I know the implications. Now, the, the pushback to that is usually, well, a woman is only needs to dress to protect herself from a man. We know that. Men won't argue that. But it's the fact that that's a real thing. Just because it's wrong doesn't mean we don't have to address it. So to that point, I feel like we take a more realist approach to certain things in, in assessing how they need to be handled. Whereas these days, it's, we, we'd love to live in a utopia where everybody's safe and we have equal power and exchange of ideas, but it uh, doesn't work that way. Peace, family, human here. We love to reward the quest for knowledge, so we have something special for you. We are giving away a free computer and also a programming course. All you have to do is go to High Level Conversations, the audio, subscribe, give it five stars, leave a like and a comment, and uh, you'll be eligible to be entered into a raffle. You'll hear from us soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.